Hi everyone, it's Erin. I just could not resist sharing one more excerpt from this seven-day challenge that I've been leading called Grow Your Worthiness. The sessions have been so deep, so powerful, and I really get in this kind of flow state when I'm leading them, so I thought it might be meaningful for you to hear this conversation. You're going to hear me talking all about a specific dimension of our worthiness that is kind of overlooked at times, and so I really hope that you find something personally relevant to you in this episode. And just a quick reminder, the Already Worthy program starts September 25th. So if this content resonates with you, head over to the program page, check it out, and reach out to me with any questions you have. And if you feel aligned to join the program, I would absolutely love to have you there. All right, here's the episode. I hope you enjoy it. And welcome to the Aligned Inside podcast. I'm your host, Erin Maryhew, and I'm here to help you experience new levels of well being, fulfillment, connection, and joy, all by unlocking the inner freedom to embody the truth of who you are. I want to explore with you how incredibly powerful it is to align your energy and listen to your intuition. And I hope I can demystify, normalize, and help you embrace all the dimensions of your humanness along the way. I'm so honored you're here, and I'm excited to be on this beautiful, ever-evolving journey with you toward a life that feels truly aligned inside. Here we go. Today, I want to make a little departure. I mean, it's, it's all related, but I want to make a little departure from the entry point that we've been looking at worthiness from because we've kind of been looking at at it from the inside out. And I think that's important. And that's where I always begin with my work around worthiness, because we are so conditioned around looking from the outside in, that the things out there will make me feel worthy or unworthy on the inside. And it's really important to flip that script and to say, no, it's starting in here. You've internalized it from out there, but it's starting in here. You are the author, you are the hero or the heroine who gets to decide. And that's powerful. And I want to acknowledge these pieces that are external that have real impacts on us, that no matter how much sort of deconditioning and work that we do around our internal connection to our worthiness, these things are going to still affect us. And how can we look at that really consciously and from a place of empowerment and see where is there some wiggle room in how I am engaging in my life, designing my life, structuring it. Where do I have agency and autonomy that I've just been habituated to staying in environments and roles that don't allow me to connect fully to my own worthiness? And where have I just been struggling around that? So I want to talk a little bit about something that I call in the program, I call these are natural drivers, natural drivers. And I want to 
kind of talk you through this by talking about some of my learnings about me personally that have lit up this concept of natural drivers and why I teach it in the program. So I want to start by just kind of giving you the, the big picture. Let me step back and take you back to eight-year-old Aaron, such a sweet little being, eight-year-old Aaron who went through an experience of shifting from a very creative, socially oriented, um, nurturing private school environment that was very alternative from kindergarten through second grade, and then was thrust into a very rigid, rule-bound, extremely academically demanding third grade environment and went on that path for several years, for many years. <laughs> and this turning point, I wanna use this to illustrate how our external environment plays a big role and how we see our external environment and see ourselves in relation to it plays a big role in how we can connect to our, our worthiness inside, but also when we have more agency, when we, you know, get to a place in our lives where we do have more agency. And I'm not saying that's the case in every single situation, but in many situations where we're actually not cashing in on that agency and really taking the steps we need to be in the environments we need to be in to, to thrive. So when I was in the kindergarten through second grade, I didn't know anything different, right? We don't know anything different until we know. <laughs> and I was in this incredibly nurturing environment where it was extremely creative. I, I never at any point felt bad or wrong or unworthy for any way I was engaging academically. And this is a huge gift in my life. I know a lot of us never have this experience in the education system. We might not ever have this experience in our family system. We might never have this experience in society, depending on the identities that we have. So this is a huge gift from my childhood that I had these three years of really just being steeped in, you can be who you are. And I saw that modeled all over the place. And it was like, nothing about you is bad or wrong. And there's always support for you. And you're going to be pushed and you're going to be challenged, but there's going to be all these outlets for you to find where you really buzz and come to life. And that's going to be encouraged. And then I because that school at that time only went through second grade, there was no opportunity to continue. Then I transitioned to public school. And I also transitioned to a program in public school that I have complicated feelings about because it is um, mostly made available to um, white students who have a lot, of, um, a lot of privilege, right? So complicated feelings. I tested into this accelerated progress program and landed in this environment where a lot of the academics that we were exploring hadn't been really taught in the same way. Like homework wasn't really a thing that I was accustomed to. And then it was like third grade, there was like homework, homework, every, you know, it was like this very routine, rigid thing. And then there was testing and there hadn't been testing in my previous academic experience. There was you know, they were tracking competencies, but there wasn't the experience of like, sit down, you have this much time, you have to finish this by this time. So like, this was so jarring. It was such a huge contrast. 
And then it was like, you have to ask for a hall pass to go to the bathroom. And then, you know, it's just like thing after thing. And then there's bells. There weren't even bells in my other school that I can remember. There were like these bells at this public school and you have to line up on the playground. You have to line up at this exact place at this exact time. You know, it was like, it was just so different. And I am so grateful for that contrast. It, it was very difficult for me. And when I first started unpacking kind of my personal history in therapy, this was a time in life that came up a lot as a time that actually internalized a lot of little T trauma <laughs> from my experiences because it was so foreign and so confusing and disorienting. But now looking back, I can see that this contrast was such a gift because I got to see so clearly what it is to be in an environment that nurtures who you are and what it is to be in an environment where who you are goes out the window and you're just trying to comply. You're just trying to comply. And all of us can relate to this to varying levels. And based on your identity and background, this is going to be different. Some, some people on this call and outside of this may be walking through the world and there has been no experience. There has been no experience in this society of what I describe in that first three years of my education of you can just be who you are and it's safe. So I just want to acknowledge that. I happen to be positioned in this way that I had these two experiences and I saw the contrast and, and now I can leverage this in my teachings to talk about when we're in an environment that doesn't promote who we naturally are, our gifts, our strengths, our ways of being, that doesn't reflect back those gifts and strengths and ways of being and support you around those and say, these things are part of who you are. They're intrinsic to you and they're beautiful and the world needs them. Bring them forth. We're not in those environments. We're going to internalize a lot of unworthiness around our natural ways of being. And if we are currently in those environments, this work, this inner work of finding our worthiness, believing in our intrinsic worthiness, it's going to take a lot more effort. You can probably think of the experiences or the environments or the relationships or the, you know, whatever is external in your life that isn't maybe a clean mirror for your spirit and just who you are naturally and your strengths and your gifts and your light, right? And how challenging that is. So like I said, we start with this challenge, looking from the inside out. Let's take some radical responsibility for our relationship to our worthiness. And then we have to bring in the external and we look at how does that shape our relationship to our worthiness and where is there opportunity for me to remove myself if I have the resources and the accessibility to do that, to remove myself from environments that take me out of connection with my intrinsic worthiness on a regular basis, or that just simply don't act as a clean mirror for my worthiness. And there's, there's mutual responsibility here. Sometimes we are in those environments or in those relationships because we have such a low set point for our worthiness that we have actually habituated our entire life to environments that don't reflect our worthiness. So there is that internal seed of power that gets to say, wait a minute, let me raise this. And then naturally I'll be leaving that environment. This relationship is going to fall away, right? Like there's a sorting process that can happen when we start to awaken 
to our responsibility around growing our connection to our worthiness. And also environments matter, settings matter, what we consume matters. I talked about social media, right? What we consume matters. So when I've created these teachings and kind of put together this curriculum, it's been informed by what my eight-year-old went through that all of us go through to varying degrees, which is the experience of, I can't really be who I am. Who I am is not intrinsically good enough. I have to change myself and be different. And as I have matured and grown and had different access to resources and different access to internal belief systems, I've started to realize I don't have to be putting myself in these particular environments that don't help me flourish in my worthiness. Not everyone has that privilege. A lot of us have it more than we realize. Not everyone has the privilege. A lot of us have it more than we realize. And that's what I've designed the program to awaken you to is where is this possible for you? Where do you have agency and autonomy around this and how you structure your life that maybe you hadn't been seeing because tunnel vision with our worthiness set point. Well, I can't ask for that opportunity. Well, I couldn't leave that experience. Well, I couldn't walk away from that. Well, I couldn't ask for more. So when we start to broaden that aperture and we start to see beyond the worthiness set point we've internalized, what environments and experiences and people and media outlets and all kinds of things would actually support me to see myself reflected back, my true self, my nature, my strengths. And there are certain lenses we can look through to empower ourselves around this. I want to give you two of the lenses that have been extremely potent in my own journey around embracing my worthiness that have led me to make different decisions with which work gigs I say yes to, how long I'm in different work environments, how many hours a day I'm with a particular kind of work experience, like all kinds of ways that I structure my life professionally and beyond professional, that if I didn't have these lenses, I wouldn't be making that connection to, oh, this environment or this experience actually isn't a match for how I want to move in the world in connection with my worthiness. And I could put myself in other environments and I could tolerate it and I could struggle. But how much emotional calorie burn is going to be involved on a daily basis of trying to reckon with all the unworthiness triggers that are coming in? So two lenses I've used that have been extremely empowering. One is human design. And I don't teach human design. I've contemplated many times, should I learn how to teach human design? And I'm like, no, I think I just really enjoy the modality, but um, have just really embraced in human design, it looks at, there are sort of like five different types. And with each type, it sort of tells you, you know, how are you naturally wired? What, how do you tick in the world? How do you make the most aligned decisions? How, what's the best use of your energy? What are, what's kind of the role that you might play in your societal experience? And for me, I'm a projector. So if, if you're familiar with human design, you'll know what that means. You don't have to know what it means to understand this. I'll try to just briefly explain. Projectors are about 20% of the population. 
And projectors are not meant to be kind of the workhorse personality of like show up every day and do do the work and kind of like come into the day with a fully charged battery and then use up that energy. That's a different personality structure in human design. That's called generators. And that's like more than 50% of the population. I think I want to say it's closer to 60. And so projectors are designed to to see deeply into things, but to mostly just be reflective, contemplative, sort of like philosophers. We see deeply into things, we reflect things, and we're often guides. We're often guides for the larger population. We see things that those folks who are meant to be doing that work and in that rhythm every day might not see because they're not designed to see it. They're designed to implement. They're designed to bring forth. So as a projector, I, it's been a journey. It's been like peeling back layers. I've been realizing when I try to go be a generator in my business, meaning wake up and use that energy and make sure you expend all your energy by the end of the day and show up and do the hard work and, you know, that kind of 40 hour work week. And, and a lot of people can thrive in that environment and actually need that kind of stimulation and motivation and push. And it's really enlivening for them. When I have tried to do that, how unworthy have I felt? Like, I have burned out at different times in my career. I have felt so wrong for needing a nap. Like the the amount of unworthiness I internalize around my projector nature and starting to deconstruct that and kind of walk it back and go, wait a second, how I'm designed differently than so many other people around me. I'm designed to see deeply and to respond to these little moments, like the select few who come toward me for guidance, that's the people I respond to. But I am not there to be doing the hard work every single day. I'm meant to be taking space, walking in nature, resting, thinking things through, because I'm going to put things together that most people won't put together. I'm going to see things and track patterns and make sense of things that other people won't see. And that's needed. This has been a huge revelation and it's been many steps and I'm, I'm still blossoming into that. The more that I have been able to look through that lens and go, Erin, you don't have to be a generator. You never were, you would never were, you never will be. You don't have to be in that third grade classroom trying to work as fast as you can and figure out that test because you know what? You aren't meant to do that. That was an environment you were placed in. It's not needed now. You don't have to say yes to work engagements that feel like that to you. You can create opportunities for work engagements that allow you to give your gifts, to see deeply. Everything changed when I started doing that. I was like, oh, this particular type of client that just wants me to get in there and fix problems, they want me to be a generator. No, I'm not going to keep seeking out those clients. I'm not going to keep saying yes to that work because it's exhausting. I don't have that in my system. I can do it, but I'm borrowing energy I don't have. And then I'm going to wind up like in a puddle on the floor feeling worthless. It has happened. I've done it over and over. I've seen that that is what happened. So human design is one lens. And maybe you have a lens like this, or maybe I can suggest a lens for you. Maybe in the program, you come find some lenses and we'll talk about them. But what is it that's going to help you see? Here's the ways that I am genuinely just wired. 
as a human that might be different from those around me or might be different from the environments I was brought up in or the environments that I now have to survive and cope in? And how does having that awareness allow me to set different boundaries and make different decisions to actually protect my connection to my worthiness? We've got to start by learning that it's in here. We've got to start by learning to reconnect with it. But once we have that, we also have to protect it. What types of people don't work for me to engage with as a projector looking at, okay, wow, I see deeply into people. So when there is a deep amount of trauma, pain, struggle, I have to be very careful with my energy because I have a penetrating aura. I tend to see deeply into it and I I have trouble shaking it off because that's how I'm wired. That's how I'm wired. So, okay, I've got to make different choices around that. One more lens that I'll bring in that's been very helpful for me and actually a lot of clients just naturally, they found me because they also have this same characteristic is I discovered that I am a highly sensitive person, HSP. And wow, that was hugely illuminating for me. I was like, my nervous system literally internalizes my environment differently than most people. The volume of music in the room is going to affect how I feel. The amount of background noise, the lighting, being in a fluorescent light, like the tiniest little things that I wasn't even really aware of previously, that I knew that they kind of were grading on me. Suddenly I was like taking them seriously. I'm like, why don't I just ask if we can turn music down? Why don't I ask, you know, like in the environments where I have that agency, why don't I just ask? Wow. So certain things are going to be necessary for me as a highly sensitive person that might not be necessary for other people. And I need to start treating myself as who I am, not who I think I should be or have to be and start setting the boundaries and advocating for those things accordingly. All right. It was so empowering to realize I'm a highly sensitive person. My husband read the book was the sweetest thing. Like first year of dating, he's like, you're a highly sensitive. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, let me get the book. And he read the book. And then he started reflecting to me things that I wasn't even tracking. I wasn't even tracking it. He's like, okay, so you're overstimulated right now. I'm like, really? Oh, I guess that's what this feeling is. I'm overstimulated. So now I have this metric that I always track in my life and I we track it in the marriage because it really affects which version of Aaron shows up, right? How stimulated on a nervous system level, that sponge that I am, because projector, highly sensitive, how's my stimulation doing? Because if I get overstimulated, A, I start to feel more unworthy, and B, I lose access to a lot of internal resources that when I'm able to manage that level of stimulation, in a way that's kind for myself, I maintain access to these internal resources. So you can start to see how having different lenses and seeking out different lenses for your unique wiring, how you are designed, your natural drivers, the things that naturally just effortlessly come to you that other people might not possess. Other people might not sit with someone for five minutes and immediately see deeply into the crux of their issue. That's me. I do that. I do that. 
not everyone has that. That's a natural driver and it needs to be cared for in a particular way. Because if I'm going and giving that gift in environments that don't want that gift, that's a recipe for unworthiness. That's an uphill battle. Where do you see this in your own experience? Where do you have an experience where you notice that maybe your natural drivers are being used in an environment that doesn't want them or know how to receive them? Or where are you seeing that there's a lens in your life that's been empowering for you or could be empowering for you around protecting your connection to your worthiness? I'm not saying that we always have immediate access to changing our circumstances in a way that perfectly aligns with our nature and our design. I understand that. Like I said, this is a privilege to be able to see this stuff, to be able to act on it, to be able to design our environment in a way that does support this. But so many of us aren't even aware. We're not even tracking the ways that we are engaging with these environments that don't support us. And we don't see the possibility of making a shift. So I have a feeling just by virtue of you signing up for this challenge that you're already curious about this stuff. You're already looking at this in your life. But in the program, we take it deeper. We use some different lenses to kind of help you see where am I still attributing something external to a sign of unworthiness or something I need to fix or change in myself that actually is really about seeing my nature more clearly and supporting myself to be able to live in my nature with less interference from these external triggers so that I can just be who I am. So there's a huge relationship between the ability to be authentic and a feeling of worthiness. I mean, you can think of this, you can think of the moments in your life where you have felt most authentic. I'm gonna guess that you weren't feeling unworthy in those moments. Authenticity is like a shortcut to feeling our worthiness, right? So this is powerful stuff to look at and it's something that we look at way more deeply in the program. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope that you took something meaningful from this conversation. And once again, if this program speaks to you, now is the time to make a decision. I don't know when the next time I'll be offering this program is. It'll probably be at least a year. But if this content really speaks to you, I don't want you to miss out. So head over to the program page. I'll link it in the show notes. Don't hesitate to reach out to me with any questions or hesitations that you have, and we can connect about whether this is truly the right choice for you. The program starts September 25th, and if you want to be there, I'd love to have you there. All right, I will be back next week with another episode. I hope you have a beautiful week, and take good care. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. It really means a lot. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with people in your life. And if you're loving what you're hearing, I would be so grateful if you gave the show a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss out. I'll be releasing a fresh new episode every week. Speaking of which, I've got some beautiful topics lined up, but I'd love to know what you are curious to hear me explore check the show notes for a link where you can send me your ideas and questions. 
You'll also find links to learn more about me and my work. Thanks again for being here, and I look forward to seeing you next time.